Coming up on the Locked On Mariners podcast, Colby and I will look at the aftermath of the Rule 5 protection deadline yesterday and determine if there are any interesting players who either went unprotected or were DFA'd to make room for the players who were protected. Plus, the Mariners might have a new hitting coach on the way. Talk about that. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. This is Tiny Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Lockdown Mariners podcast brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today over at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. And on the show today, we're going to look at the aftermath of the Rule 5 protection deadline yesterday. Who are some players who went unprotected that the Mariners could select in the Major League portion of the Rule 5 draft next month? And were there any interesting players who were DFA to make room on their respective team's 40-man rosters? Plus, it looks like the Mariners might be on the verge of adding a new hitting coach. We'll tell you about that a little later on. Uh, But let's start here uh, with the... um, the guys that were DFA'd, were, were there any interesting players who were DFA'd yesterday, Coley? I don't know. I was hoping you would figure that out. Um, honestly, just the one uh, that really caught my eyes, Cal, Col- uh, Cal Quantrill uh, from the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Um, you know, former first-round pick. Uh, he was actually picked a couple spots out of Kyle Lewis in, in that draft, um, which seems crazy to say seems like that was not very long ago but um yeah he was dfa'd yesterday he's he was bad last year pretty good september um but overall just bad uh you know he's your classic back end of the rotation guy he'll give you innings uh, but he's gonna give up hits he's gonna you know not strike out a ton of guys uh you know his runs allowed metrics not era or traditionally in the fours like right in that range um but uh, he has had some success. He had he has you know a, a track record of eating innings, which we know Seattle uh, kind of needs uh, with the questions surrounding Wu and also the health of Hancock and, and Gonzalez and effectiveness of those two, kind of up in the air. Um, but yeah, he's just he's a strike thrower. Um, you know he's he's not going to walk a ton of guys. He's not going to strike out a ton. He's going to pitch to contact. He's going to give up hits. He's going to give up some runs. But in throughout most of his career, he's produced you know, ERAs of, you know, number fours, uh, like number four starter stuff, but the stuff is a number five starter. The, you look at FIP and XFIP and all that stuff. It's mostly number five, uh, type of numbers. And, and he's just, he's a, he's an arm, right? He does have a couple options left, a couple minor league options left. Um, however, $6.6 million is what he's projected to earn in arbitration this upcoming year. That's a lot for, right-handed Marco Gonzalez, or as we can call him now, expensive Emerson Hancock, same thing. So uh, is is it likely that anybody's going to claim, you know, a number five coming off of a bad year and pay him $6 million? 
No, probably not. Uh, but if a team is willing to claim him, it's probably not going to be Seattle. So you hope he clears. You hope he chooses free agency. I think he's, I think he's got enough time that he can opt for free agency. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Um, and if he does, and he's willing to sign, you know, like a, a million five or something like that, and and with incentives, uh, then yeah, then that's a good guy to stash in in your organization. You definitely have room on the 40 man, but. Aside from that, there really wasn't. I didn't see a ton uh, go down, and even Quantrill is is an interesting idea, but there's just not a lot of upside here. He is basically what you're hoping Emerson Hancock will be, but there might actually be a little bit more upside in Hancock right now than there is in Quantrill. So uh, we'll see. But uh, that's the one guy that I saw that really stood out. But even that, like at six million bucks, you could probably do better. Yeah, this past year for Quantrill, 99 and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, he um, posted a 5.24 ERA, 4.79 FIP, uh, 0.7 F4 was what he was worth. Uh, just 5.24 Ks per nine, 3.16 walks per nine. He doesn't strike anyone out. Uh, but the year before, 186 and a third innings pitched, 6.18 Ks per nine, 2.27 walks per nine, 3.38 ERA, 4.12 FIP. He was worth two wins. It's a good pitcher, solid pitcher. Uh, and then the year before that, uh, 149.2 innings pitch, 728 Ks per nine, 283 walks per nine, 289 ERA, 407 FIP. It's 1.8 F4. I mean, that's a, you know, that helps. That's solid depth. Uh, if you're able to even get, you know, close to that, that would be solid depth to have, uh, but just not at that number. So if he elects free agency, if he's able to, I, I, I don't uh, know exactly what the situation is there, if he's able to do that or not. But uh, if he's eligible to do that and he elects free agency, then I'm I'm, uh, I'm interested. But uh, yeah, even if you're like, you know, in arbitration, uh, the arbiter is probably going to side with the team if they lowball him. Uh, but even then, that's probably still you're probably still looking at three and a half, four million dollars at the lowest possible end. And it's still a little much for me, given what his role in particular would be in Seattle, which is essentially a, a stash play down in uh in triple a um so again if he hits free agency and and there's a deal there that makes sense uh then i'm i'm into it but uh otherwise probably not um outside of Quantrill, uh dom smith got dfa'd by the nationals mm. he's someone that we've talked about a little bit but that kind of feels redundant given that you you did uh you know recently dfa mike ford i think smith is also out of major league op- or minor league options as well yeah. I'll, I'll double check that real quick uh but <laughs> Do you like the idea yes. of Dom Smith at all? I liked him a lot more when the team was rebuilding and they had bat- at-bats to give and they could take a shot on him. Smith is a guy who a lot of like prospect guys really liked. Uh, they thought the bat would play. And he's been, I think, painfully mediocre at the big leagues if if he's even at 100 WRC+. plus. First base only really shouldn't be in the outfield. Again, if, if you're looking for org depth and you want to try and stash him in AAA on a minor league deal, sure. But I, I wouldn't give him a 40-man spot. Uh, entering uh, the year. Uh, if you want to give him one now, you want to claim him and, and just, you know, have him on your 40 man and bring him into spring training, fine, whatever. But uh, yeah, I, honestly, I just, I would have rather you paid Mike Ford the $1.4 million or whatever. But yeah, uh, on a minor league deal, yeah, Smith Smith is fine, but I'm not interested in claiming him. I don't know what his uh, ARP situation is off the top of my head, but uh, I, I probably don't want to spend a 40 man uh, spot on, on him. Uh, but again, as org depth, maybe, although you do have Evan white coming back uh, in theory and he, you want to get him, you want to give him at bats at triple a. 
Um, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, I, I like the idea a lot more like two, three years ago before you kind of started to turn and before you started competing for, you know, division titles, or at least you should be. Assuming that he um, he clears waivers and he uh, decides to elect for free agency, uh, that's probably a solid candidate for a minor league deal and an invite mm-hmm. to spring training. So at that point, yeah, I'm down. Like there, to me, there's no such thing as a bad like minor league deal or unless bad, there's off know, the field training. issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. even baseball wise, that's not a bad deal. It's just you know PR wise and you know right. Yeah, all that yeah. stuff. But uh, yeah, I think I think that should go without saying. But yeah, yeah. Did he have any options left? Did you did you check that? Uh, it says not available on Fangraphs. So, so I'm going no. to say no. Yeah, no. I'm going to say no. Zero I, usually, it's usually usually it says zero instead of na. But uh, so so that's why I mentioned the uh, the difference there. But uh, yeah, the safe bet there is that it's it's zero. And I mean, he's yeah going back to his time in New York, he was going up and down, up and down. So. It, it, makes sense that he's out of minor league options at this point in his career uh but yeah again if he uh reaches the the free market then um yeah minor league deal with an invite to spring training i'm down for dom smith uh yeah keep an eye on those two guys now let's uh let's turn our attention to the uh the prospects that went unprotected from the rule five draft are there any interesting names there for the mariners that they could draft in the major league portion of next month's rule five draft we'll go over some names in just a moment but first a reminder this episode of the lockdown mariners podcast is brought to you by jace medical you know we spend a lot of time talking together you and i we get fired up together on wins and losses who starts and who sits and i'm thankful for that connection we have but today i want our chat to be a little more personal i just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ed medications you realize what that means Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster supply chain issue because you are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry anymore about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revatio prescription. This is possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. Quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply, and I also ordered an antibiotic kit. Now, I feel secure. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. So, if you or someone you love will get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, $20 off your purchase. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so a lot of guys got protected from the Rule 5 draft yesterday, uh, and a lot of interesting guys got or were left unprotected from the Rule 5 draft. Um, before we hop into those names, you know, some of you might not know what the Rule 5 draft is, so Colby, could you give us a quick explanation of what the Rule 5 draft is? 
Sure. We'll start with the fact that it's stupid. Um, but essentially, uh, any player who is uh, five, I believe it's five years removed from being drafted as uh, 18 or younger, uh, or four years removed uh, from being drafted at 19 or older, uh, they have to be added to the 40 man roster. Otherwise, they are eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Um, so uh, I think, what are we in this year? That would be. 2019 i think is if you were drafted as a college player in 2019 you have to be added to the rule five or you have to be added to the 40 man or you're rule five eligible um basically the rule five is is you it's a draft just it's the same order as the mlb draft next year uh teams don't have to take anybody they can pass once they pass they cannot make any selections uh for the entirety or for the remain remainder of the draft it keeps going until the last team passes. So you can keep picking guys and picking guys as long as you want. But once all 32 teams pass or all 30 teams pass once it's over, uh, the rule on the rule five draft is pretty simple. You have to pay the team that, uh, you are taking the player from. You have to pay them a hundred thousand dollars. Um, if, uh, and you have to, uh, sorry, you have to keep that player that you select on your 26 man roster all year. You can't option them down. Uh, you know, you can, you can work out a trade, uh, which is interesting. You can select a guy, bring him in if you like him, but you don't want to keep him on the 26 man. You can go to that team that you took him from and work out some kind of deal. And then you can option him down. But until that trade is made, until you officially acquire that player, it's more or less, you're trying the guy out. Uh, if you don't want to keep the player, he gets offered back, uh, to the team that you selected him from for $50,000. So it's only a $50,000 gamble. Uh, on a guy. Uh, but the trick again is that you have to keep them not only on your 40 man all year, you have to keep them on your 26 man roster all year. Uh, and that is why most of the time these rule five guys never pitch for the team that, or never play for the team that selects them. Um, it's more and more rare that, you know, anybody of significance gets to a rule five, uh, situation. So, it's really stupid. It's trying, it's, it's a way to try and prevent teams from hoarding talent at the minor league level and just, you know, artificially keeping them down. But if you want to do that, you could just give them free agency, uh, which they don't have until after six years in the minors. So, right. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically a scam. Um, it's a nothing event for the most part. And the players that are available really don't carry much impact potential. Uh, and it's, it's, Typically not something that a lot of teams, I mean, not every team will make a pick very rarely will more than, you know, a dozen or so teams make a pick. Uh, but the Mariners always seem to make one. They always seem to yeah. make one pick at least. Uh, so yeah, it's just yeah. something to keep in mind. None of these players that we're talking about here coming up, none of them are stars. None of them are potential like everyday players. Even you're basically looking for bullpen arms and, you know, yeah, maybe some all of them utility and, and types. Even, and even the bullpen arms, they, they have flaws. So it's, oh, big time. Yep. Yeah. It's just, a, if you, if you think there's something interesting here that you want to take a flyer on, because at the very least you, you get them into spring training and you allow them to throw a little mm -hmm. bit in front of you and get to work with right. them a little bit on some things and maybe tap into some stuff there. But, uh, that that's really just the, it, you're just taking a shot. What the rule five draft ultimately is, is just taking shots on guys and just seeing, yeah. and then, you know, like, like you said, if it doesn't work out, then it's not really that much of a, a loss you so uh, i suppose one thing that can happen is that you can offer the player back to the team and they could just say no you can keep them right um but 
usually what happens is there's a trade and usually it's just cash. Um, past Mariners rule five draft picks that you may have heard of will vest a uh, rule five pick. Uh, I believe Brandon Brennan, you remember him? Brandon Brennan. Yep. I Johan he was a rule five. Yep. Yep. So, you know, they have had some guys stick. Uh, I think Johan stuck all year. Well, it was 2020. So he only had to stick for 60 games, but, uh, yeah. And then last year they took somebody from the Cubs. I can't remember his name and they just gave him. Oh back, yeah. So. Uh, Chris Clark, I think. Yeah. Yep. And that was yep. his name. Yeah. So, Again, not you're not you're not looking for major contributors here in the Rule right. Five draft. So the Rule Five draft takes place on the last day of the winter meetings, which is of course uh, next month, mid month. Um, so you know, keep an eye on the Mariners there because again, they they usually take someone, um, and it's I don't think they've at least in the Depoto era, I don't think they've ever taken anyone other than a reliever. So I have like four guys that i kind of have my eye on they're all relievers but uh you know is there anyone that that you are, are looking at in particular here sure um i'll butcher some names along the way so sure you sure. know stay with me uh cj van Eyck, i believe is how you pronounce his last name yep. uh from yep. the blue jays uh you know i remember him uh when he was coming out i think he pitched at florida state uh yep. did unfor- you know second round pick i think second round pick uh, had a Tommy John surgery, which caused him to miss, you know, basically two years. Uh, but I do remember him having a really good curveball. It apparently flashed again in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, so, you know, he doesn't have a ton of, of innings under his belt at the pro level, but he was a college guy. He does have a plus pitch right now. Um, so that's a guy who maybe uh, the Mariners might have interest in trying to, you know, sneak in the, into their bullpen uh, or at least take a shot on. Right. Um, Devin Mann is a kind of a utility guy for Kansas city. Uh, you know, he was traded. Um, he was traded from the Dodgers to Kansas city, uh, this year. And, and, you know, he can play all four spots in the infield. Fine. Not, not great, but fine. And he put up, you know, really good numbers, 20 home runs. Uh, but it's a lot of mediocre skills across the board. There are swing and miss issues as well. So, eh. Is he better than Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty? Probably not. So that's probably not an avenue that they're going to go. Um, there is a uh, an interesting name, JT Ginn. You remember him? Yeah. Uh, he was a second-round pick in the 2020 draft. He had a lot of round one hype, but he got hurt. Um, and he really just hasn't stayed healthy. But, uh, you know, it's sinker slider. We know how much the Mariners like that, and there's a lot of upside there. Could they take him and then see if they can get him into the bullpen? Sure. Probably not, but they could. Uh, the name that I'm going to, I don't even know if I want to attempt this. Anthony Hoopy. Oh, yeah. He's, he's Hoopi on my. Yeah. Tui Neota. I, 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 I think. We'll, <laughs> we'll just call him AHT. I, How about that? Yeah. A- Anthony Hoopy Tui O Natoa. Tui O Natoa. I believe that's what it is. Hoopy Tui O Natoa. Okay. Well, yeah. that guy uh, from the mm-hmm. Rangers uh, organization actually pitched here in, in the state of Washington, Pierce Community College. He was a 30th round pick back when that was still a thing. Uh, but I've, I've watched him some uh, really good upper 90s fastball with some run at the top of the zone and a yeah. pretty hard, firm slider, uh, which we know the Mariners will occasionally turn into a cutter. But um, not again, not a ton of innings under his belt, but the stuff is legitimate, you know, middle relief type of stuff. And, and the Mariners could take a shot on that. So, um, 
yeah, you know, again, none of these guys are like that exciting or anything like that, but uh, yeah, those are, those are three. Um, there are a couple from the Rays that, that got left mm-hmm. off, but for obvious reasons, uh, Ian Seymour, uh, mm-hmm. lefty, uh, but just, I think like 15 innings over the last two years, like almost no work whatsoever. Um, and then Cam Misner is a, is a fun one, but there is a ton of swing and miss. And again, he's another left-handed hitting corner outfielder. Seattle has a lot of those on the yeah, 40 man also, right now. So I, I believe Cole Wilcox is another guy. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yep. yeah. Um, yeah. So I had a uh, hoopy oh, Natoa on, uh, on my list as well. Who, who do you, uh, Ian Bedell, bet battle. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, he is a, uh, pitchability back in right-hander uh whose stuff mm. might play up in in the uh in the bullpen a little bit but yeah he mm. just throws a ton of strikes um you know knows how to pitch that type of guy pretty similar to emerson hancock uh just the idea at least of what we thought hancock could be next year uh so that's another guy for from the uh cardinals organization right so uh, a couple other guys uh harold torino from the brewers missed most of 2023 with a torn lat but uh nice sinker breaking ball combo uh he struck out 22 dudes in uh 14 innings before getting hurt this year just three walks um cole franklin is a righty from the cubs he got smoked as a starter this year and uh should be a reliever uh control has been wildly inconsistent and his command of his fastball is pretty spotty uh has been hovering around 95 to 97 miles per hour he dealt with a an oblique injury a couple of years ago and just kind of hasn't really been the same pitcher since then um but i do wonder if he could tap into more velo if he just let him rip it uh nice slider as well uh he's also the nephew of former mariner ryan franklin for those that care about oh, that stuff nice um justin jarvis uh, is a guy that mm-hmm. came over to the mets in the uh, mark Canna deal with the brewers uh solid four pitch mix uh you know he's a starter but uh the idea here with the mariners in particular is he would be a multi-inning reliever who provides some spot start depth um really struggled with the walks this year but his pitches have apparently continued to develop nicely in terms of stuff so maybe that's an option there um yeah i just i don't really see them adding a position player because they just they've never done it so i only focus on the relievers that that uh were left unprotected or you know starters that would probably profile better as relievers so um yeah of, of the guys there i don't know i feel like franklin might be the most interesting ball of clay because uh, he also has a, a nice change up from what i've read uh so maybe but again you know this is about taking shots if you like uh, just a particular area of a of a guy's game here take them in the draft and just see what you can do with them in spring training and if you find some success there if you find something interesting there you know put them on your 26 man roster to start the year or work out a trade right um and that's where guys like hudson haskins and uh yeah uh cam misner like i wouldn't rule them out entirely but i'm i'm with you it's it's they're gonna take a pitcher uh almost certainly yeah. um there's a couple lefties who i left off my list like I didn't write them down because I thought we'd only need four names. Uh, But, uh, and then um, uh, there's one more uh, for Arizona. Christian Robinson. Oh, yeah. Remember him? Yeah. He basically missed four years with some, some issues uh, off the field issues. Uh, He came back and had a, had a nice, you know, return to baseball, but 
that's a, I mean, you're, there's a 0% chance you're carrying him, but if you want to take a shot and like put him on spring train, see if you can work out a trade with Arizona later and, and then, you know, put him in, you know, the problem with that though, is that he automatically goes on the 40 man. And while you have 40 man space, not sure you want to waste it on a guy who hasn't played baseball in four years. So, or right. barely played baseball in four years, but yeah, there, there are some position player shots you can take, but the goal there has to, or the thinking there has to be like, we're going to try and work out a trade. Also, real quick, you know, Austin Shitton was protected. We know that the Mariners have had yeah. interest in, in bringing him back into their organization. Um, that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. the possibility of that is is over. Like, they could still trade no. for him, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, he will not be available in the Rule 5 draft. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the, uh, you know, they were not able to uh, make a trade for him before the deadline. So, Right, and that doesn't really matter because Seattle would have just... The result is the same, right? Seattle either trades for him and puts him on their 40 man or they just yeah. Tampa puts him on the 40 man and you trade for him. And it's the exact same situation. Uh, yep. One thing I did want to point out real quick, cause I did see some confusion on this. Uh, the Mariners added Blake hunt to the 40 man roster the day they traded for him. So I know, I think pipeline has him listed as unprotected. Uh, that's not the case. He was already on the 40 man. Uh, that is why um, Zach Deloach was the only player added to the 40 man because Blake Hunt was already on it. So don't worry. They didn't trade for a guy who they're going to lose in the Rule 5 draft. They they were ahead of the game on that one. Yep. So it looks like the uh, the Mariners are going to have a uh, new hitting coach, or at least it looks like they might be on the verge of landing a new hitting coach. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. And yeah, the Mariners might not be playing right now, but the Kraken and Seahawks are. So whether the action is on turf or on the ice, you can bet on it all with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And you're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. So before we get out of here, we have a little bit of Mariners news to uh, talk about or some Mariners rumors. Uh, Craig Mish, the uh, Marlins beat reporter, he's essentially the the Ryan Divish in the uh, the Marlins world, uh, is reporting that the uh, the Mariners are going to be interviewing or maybe have already interviewed uh, Marlins hitting coach Brant Brown. So the interesting thing with Brown is that he used to be uh, the Mariners minor league outfield and base running coordinator for uh, for a little while uh, before he was hired by the Dodgers back in 2017. Uh, he was the Dodgers assistant hitting coach and minor league hitting coordinator until 2019 when he became the Dodgers hitting strategist. And obviously those Dodgers teams from 2019 to uh, 2022, pretty good offensively. Uh, And then in 2022, he was hired as the hitting coach for the Marlins. And uh, while they didn't grade out particularly well in terms of uh, WRC+, they were one of the highest average uh, hitting teams in baseball. I think they were fourth in batting average. And obviously Luis Arise was a 
was a big part of that. But uh, this is something that uh, Jerry DePoto has alluded to. Uh, Tony Armrich is uh, is going to uh, be moving on from being one half of the uh, Mariners hitting coach duo that they've liked to employ over the last few years. Uh, he's going to be the bullpen coach replacing Stephen Vogt now that Stephen Vogt is going to be the manager of the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, so they want to find a new partner for Jarrett DeHart, and it looks like Brent Brown might be that guy. Uh, Mish did say that uh, there would be a, a bigger role for him yeah. uh, on the hitting side of things in Seattle if uh, this were to happen. So maybe it's not necessarily uh, just a strict partnership with DeHart like we've seen uh, in years past. Uh, but uh, it's interesting, and and obviously Brown is someone that has a, a really uh, really nice track record when you look back on it. So, uh, Colby, uh, the fans and the people in the comment section might actually get what they want and get a new hitting coach. Yay! <laughs> uh, but if I'm going to get into the mind of the fans here, which I don't like to uh, do because mostly gross, um, but. Let me throw this out there because either you're going to think about this or you already have. Might the Mariners be hiring the hitting coach that gave Jorge Soler his best season in hopes of luring Jorge Soler to Seattle? Just saying, just throwing that out there. Um, But yeah, we'll see what the the larger role is. Or Um, Cody Bellinger. (laughs) Sure, sure. Maybe. Brant Brown was the hitting strategist the year Mm -hmm. that Cody Bellinger won MVP. Just saying. I mean, Justin Turner, uh, uh, everything uh, is something. Yep. It's CMLB offseason. Everything is something. Uh, uh, but first of all, I mean, let's wait and see if they even hire the dude um, or if right. he even takes the job is probably more accurate way to phrase it. Uh, but yeah, it will be interesting to see like what his larger role is. Is he, you know, a bench coach or is he just like the director of hitting strategy? Like, is it a, more of a front office role or is it a. Right. Um, is it it's, is it something that also bleeds into the minor leagues? um that, that's kind of what i'm interested in here is it strictly a major league uh position right or is it more and, of like you know, an overarching thing right and we know seattle has, has really dipped into development of hitters recently you look at uh the who replaced uh andy mckay uh it was was it justin yeah. uh, now it looks like they're going to go out and add another really highly regarded uh offensive mind uh to the at at least to the coaching staff, maybe the front office. We'll see again. We'll have to wait and see if there, if there is a role here for him, what it is, what the official title is and, and what they have in mind for him. But yeah, you know, it, it's, I don't know. It, it's the same thing. Like remember when Edgar got, got hired to be the hitting coach, people were like, Oh, this solves the Mariners hitting problems. It's always about the players guys. It's always about the players. So uh, mm-hmm. cool. I mean, it's nice to see the Mariners linked to anybody, even if it is just a coach, but uh, you know, based on how slow the offseason's been so far uh, across the league, uh, then, yeah, just to see your team mentioned for a, a person who seems to be held in high regard across the game, like, cool, I guess. I'll take it. But ultimately, I, I, I don't care what his role is. Do we think the whole market is being held hostage by whatever Otani does? Like, is everyone just, like, waiting? God, I hope not, because that'd be so stupid of, of the market in general right and and also like like why I would i don't the... feel like otani is gonna decide anytime soon like that I... feels like a late december maybe right. even january type of thing 
but also like if you're like the like the the Detroit Tigers or whatever and you know you have no shot at Otani, why would you let his market hold up anything cuz right. Otani is such a unicorn that like there's no other free agent that can look at that and be yeah, like that's the deal it, I want. No, yeah, it's not like yeah, it's not like he's setting the market. Like he is his own market. Right, it's not like Michael Walker waiting to see what Sonny Gray signs for. Or right. Lucas Giolito waiting to see what Sonny Gray signs for. Like, no, he is his own mark. He's special. Uh, do we have a question of the day? I don't really have one. Do you have one? I can offer you a question that plays off of yesterday's question, but I don't know if we want to do a Marvel question two days in a row. Whatever. Oh, there, there, right, was, so, there was some heated debate down in the comments yesterday. Yeah, I don't know if you saw I didn't saw see that. the debate. I, I saw a few people throw their... Um, and hey, but guess what? If you don't like comic book movies, that's fine. Don't leave a comment. Yeah, I, I saw some. I saw, I saw some Martin Scorsese's down in the uh, in the yeah, comments like yesterday. Yeah, real cinema. It's like, okay, cool. Take your opinions and take them to someone else. Uh, but here's your question of the day, Ty. And this might be news to you, might not. Heavily rumored right now that mm-hmm. Marvel is closing in on a Reed Richards actor, and it's heavily rumored to be Pedro Pascal. Let us know what you think Ooh. about that uh, down in the comments or. If you want like a real like question, if you want a different question of the day, uh oh, we're glitching out. If you want a real question uh, of the day, I'll I'll give you this: which fast food restaurant has the best fries? McDonald's. Not even close. Well, you you let us know down in the comments. Can anybody <laughs> unseat McDonald's? That's gonna do it. Right Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Bears podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidying Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode, and thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.